Hey y'all, it's Brandy with the Heal You, Whole You podcast, where we talk about all things healing, mind, body, and spirit. Come on this journey with me today as we learn about different ways to heal, self-love, advocating for ourselves, releasing things that no longer serve us, and giving gratitude and being intentional at all times. Let's get started. Hey y'all, it's Brandy. I'm your host of the Heal You, Ho You podcast. Today, it's just me. I don't have a guest today, um, but I wanted to talk about parenting. This is a very sensitive topic for me just because I love my baby so much. I always think that I'm not doing enough or that I'm doing this wrong or there's something else I could be doing. Um, I'm very critical of my parenting, so it's taken me a while to get this out, but I had a friend text me this morning, like, where's the new podcast episode? And I'm like, oh, okay, it's time. So here we are. We're going to get into parenting today. All right. So first, just let me say, I am a mother of four. I am newly single, divorced. So that changed um, the parenting game for me um, because I'm riding solo on this journey right now. I have four beautiful children, three boys and a girl. Right now they are 12. My daughter is eight. My son is six, about to be seven. And then the baby is three. And so if you go back into my episodes. I do have an episode with all of them on there. So you can pick up on their different personalities and (laughs) the funny things that they say. Um, But yeah, it's been a journey for me. Parenting has really shown me a lot about myself. Like if you want to learn about yourself, look at your children because all four of my children are different parts of my personality and different parts of me. And sometimes I don't like that. (laughs) Like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, is this how I am? Because I don't like it. Um, Or even having them tell me things about myself, you know, and I'm like, ew. But again, it's all part of learning and growing. Um, So the first tidbit I have about parenting is the emotional side. My kids are very emotional, even my boys. And I think in society, we have you know, there's a saying that like we, we raise our daughters and we something with our sons. Like basically we give them a slap on the wrist, but we raise our daughters. And, um, I'm trying to like break that. So I try to allow my boys to be in touch with their emotions and not that I'm like, oh, just cry all the time. But I try to really get them to put words to their emotions. So if they're feeling something, I ask, what is that? What is that feeling there? You know, when you're acting out this way, tell me what you're feeling inside. You know, because our actions are driven by our emotions. You know, how we're feeling drives our behaviors. And so when they do stuff, when they act up in school or when they're whiny or when they're mean and irritable, I'm asking, like, what's under that? 
tell me more about that. And that's really worked for my kids. Um, on Sundays, we sit around the table or we sit around my bed and we all talk about our feelings. We, we just do that on Sundays. Sometimes they hate it and they're like, huh, when I say come here. And sometimes they're like, all right, come on, guys. You know what, you know what time it is. So I try to understand them. You know, I remember being a kid and feeling like my parents just did not understand. Like, you don't get it. And so I really try to understand my kids. And so I tell them the only way that I can understand you is if you communicate, you know. So help me understand. I don't understand um, because I know growing up, it was the thing like you don't question authority. You don't talk back. You do what you're told. And I don't really agree with that. Like, why can't I ask questions? I want to know why something is. And so a lot of things I made up. You know, when you don't tell kids stuff, they will make it up. So if something is going on and no parent or an adult is explaining to them why that's taking place, they may make up a story in their head. They may say it's my fault or this is happening because of something I did. And it has nothing to do with them. But without you explaining why things are this way, they're forced to make it up in their head because the subconscious wants things to make sense. The subconscious wants things to be complete. And so when there's a gray area or something that is unsure um, or unclear, the brain will fill it in, you know, and this is how we jump to conclusions or take things personal because we just need some clarity and we didn't get that. And so we say, oh, well, they must not like me. I must be a bad kid. It must have been because I didn't eat all my fruit earlier. And it's like, no, that's not it. So I just try to tell my kids everything. And I mean, there's a balance there too, because they're kids. They don't need to know every single thing. But when they have a question, I do try to answer it. And I try to be as open and honest as possible. You know, when I was going through the divorce, it's like, why doesn't dad live here? And I had to tell them that, you know, like, oh, well, we live in different places. He's still your dad. He still loves you. You know, you'll still see him as much as you want. You can call him whenever, but he doesn't live here because we're not together anymore. You know, like I just have to be real with my kids because they will keep asking anyway. <laughs> so I kind of just am like, let's just get it out the way because they'll keep asking. So that takes me to my next point, which is communication. I think communication is like the key to everything. And I mean, I know it's a cliche, like communication is key, but like it really is. And comprehension is also key because we can communicate all day long. But if the person we're talking to does not understand, then you might as well not be communicating. Communicating. So communication styles and attachment. And I preach a lot about this in therapy um, because I do therapy. It's my job. It's my profession right now. And people don't realize how much your childhood is related to your adult relationships. Like there's a direct correlation between the way that you attach to your caregivers and how you show up in relationships. Now, because I wasn't privy to this information until I was an adult, I did not know this stuff. And so I had my kids at 19, 24, 25, and 28. And so my last baby, you know, he he's a little ahead of the game because I know more. And that's one of the things about parenting. As you grow up and you know more, that you have to change how you parent 
because now that I know that our childhood affects our adult relationships, I want to make sure that I am, you know, securely attaching to my children so that they can show up in relationships as secure individuals. Because what happens is when you have an insecure attachment to a caregiver, you may become anxious, you may become fearful, avoidant, you may become dismissive. And that is how you will show up in a relationship. You know, if you have a parent who is unavailable, you know, maybe they're always at work. Maybe they're just always in their room. They're always on their phone. They're not being attentive to your needs as a kid. You start to think again, I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Um, I feel abandoned. And so you will show up in relationships and be anxious about that. Like, am I going to get left? Are they going to leave me? Am I worthy? And so you'll start to develop like codependency or people pleasing where you start to overcompensate. Well, let me cook and clean for this person because if I don't, they may leave. Well, let me call them and text them and see what they're doing all day because, you know, I'm fearing that I'll lose the relationship. Because there's this notion that, well, if my parents left me, then anybody will leave me. You know, if my dad left, then how am I expecting this man to stay? Well, I have to make him stay by giving everything, you know, we don't have a ring, we don't have a commitment, but I'm going to cook and clean and have sex whenever he wants and keep my hair and nails done because I want to keep him so, so bad because I don't want to be left again. That hurts. And so that is how our childhood affects our adult relationships. And so you may see people who go from relationship to relationship and can never be alone and, you know, stay in relationships that don't serve them. And it's because they're fearing that abandonment. They're fearing being alone and lonely again, because as a kid, that was painful. And the subconscious, again, wants things to remain the same. If you're used to chaos, then you're we're looking for the chaos. And so I'm going to blow your phone up 10 times if you don't answer. I'm going to create an argument when things are steady because that's what I'm used to. I'm used to being anxious. I'm used to trying to guess people's feelings, thoughts, emotions. And so, again, because I'm aware of that, I try to be very present and attentive for my kids. You know, I try to read books with them. I try to sit and have conversations with them. You know, I do like to be in my room sometime alone and on my phone. But I make sure that I set time aside to be alone with my children. I try to have one-on-one time with each of them, which is hard because it's four and there's one one me. So I'm stretching myself thin. But I try to do that because I want them to be secure individuals. I want them to know that they are enough and they are worthy and that love is just given. It does not have to be earned. When it's unconditional, it's given just because. You know, I tell them, I love you guys just because, just because you're breathing. You know, it it doesn't matter if your grades are good. Like, yeah, I'm glad that your grades are good. I love you for that. Good job. But even if they weren't, I still love you. You know, when they get emails home from school, which happens often, <laughs> um, they come home and they feel so defeated. And I'm like, look, chin up. Like, I still love you. You messed up. You made a mistake. Am I disappointed? Absolutely. But do I still love you? Yes. And I love you the same. You're human. You're going to mess up that's okay. And so making sure that our communication is 100, you know, my, my oldest, he's 12, about to be 13. We got to have some deep talks, you know, when he has, is having issues with his dads or somebody at school or the teachers, you know, we have to talk about that. What, how does that make you feel? What is that like for you? Tell me about your experience so that I can try to empathize. So I could put myself in your shoes and understand Because being a teenager now is different than it was when I was a teen. 
Um, and so just trying to have that open communication and let him feel safe to tell me stuff that I may not want to hear. Because sometimes I don't want to know that stuff, you know, but I'm glad that he feels safe talking to me about those things. It lets me know that, you know, we do have a good relationship and I am providing a space, a safe space for him. So the next point that I have is about fun slash discipline balance. Um, because I do want to have a good relationship with my kids. I do want us to laugh and joke and play, but they also got to know that like, I'm your mama. So, you know, I still have to discipline you. So when you do act up, there's still a consequence. You know, I'm still going to take your phone. You're still not going to be on the game. You're not going to be on the iPad. You know, you're still going to clean up and I still love you. You know what I mean? Like always making sure I emphasize that like, I still love you, but you're going to clean these dishes. You're going to clean this room. But I explained to them why they have to do it. So again, you know, back in the day, it was like, because I said so. Why tell them that? Like, why do you think I make you take out the trash? Do you think that's just to be mean? You know, what? why do you think that you have chores? Why do you think it's important that you update the calendar each month and that you don't forget to do it? So that they can try to understand my process too. Like, oh, mom makes us do that because she wants to make us responsible. And so just making sure that, you know, we keeping the lines of communication open, but they also know like I'm boss and I don't play. And when I say do something, I mean it, you know, there's a time for us to play and joke and laugh. We have like dance, dance parties and battles where we dance it out. And me and my son, we love doing TikToks. That's our little thing. Um, And so he might be like, mom, let's do a TikTok. Yeah, but we got to get this work done around the house. You know what I mean? It's a time and a place for that. And so just trying to keep that balance of like, yeah, I want to be the fun, cool mom. I do. But at the end of the day, I got to be your mom. I got to hold you accountable when you mess up. I got to tell you about yourself. And that's hard sometimes because like they're my babies. So when I have to like punish them, I'll be mad because now we can't do TikToks because you ain't got your phone. You know what I mean? Like now we can't watch a good movie because you ain't allowed to watch TV. So sometimes I tell them it's more of a punishment for me. When you're on punishment, because who am I play with? Like, y'all my, y'all my dogs. Y'all my rollies. Like, so sometimes that is hard. I'd be like, I just want to give him his phone back. You know what I mean? But I have to stick to my gun, you know, because I'm doing it for a good reason. Um, and back to attachment styles, I myself identify as an anxious attachment. And so I know sometimes I anxiously attach to my kids, you know, when it comes to them, like, going places or doing stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want them to go. But then I have to ask myself, like, why don't you want them to go? Like, are you just being selfish and you just want them to stay with you? Or do you feel like they won't be safe there or they won't, you know, have fun there or they'll be hurt in some way? And usually it's just me being like, no, because they're my babies and like I've been with them forever. I don't want them to go. Um, But again, I'm in therapy myself and I'm working on that. A lot of my therapy sessions are about parenting because I'm trying to break generational curses and I'm trying to do things differently than how I was raised. Um, And so that is hard in itself, you know, allowing my kids to be free spirits and not trying to control them or be too strict or not allow them to do stuff. And, you know, I have to allow them space to mess up. You know, I talk to them a lot and I'm like, Brandy, like, let them be kids. You know, I'm trying to tell them about adult stuff and it's like I could tell them so they're blue in the face they still gonna do it because that's just part of growing up that's just part of life you have to stumble you have to fall you know but it's hard to watch your kid you know walk into something and you know they're gonna bump their head 
So I think that there's a balance there. But again, I'm trying not to be so clingy and are you okay? And do you need this? And, you know, I don't want to enable them because sometimes we're raising them and then sometimes we're just enabling them. And I do not want to be an enabler because people that were enabled as kids, we see them as adults now. They don't know how to do anything by themselves. Their mom is still doing their laundry. You know, they can't fill out an application by themselves. Their their mom, you know, coddles them and they can do no wrong. And these are people that are never accountable. They don't know how to say they're sorry. They don't apologize. They just go throughout life doing stuff and hurting people with no regard. But it's because they've never had to be accountable for their actions. And so, again, there's a balance between me having fun with my kids and being like, no, you're dead wrong. And I will always be that mom to say you're dead wrong. Like, I love you, but you're dead wrong and you need to fix it. You know, and so I'm trying my best to not be that type of parent because I've been in relationships with guys whose moms do not hold them accountable. And they're just like, oh, they're my pride and joy. They're my baby. And it's like, yeah, but your baby be effing people up, ma. Like, but again, you know, that's their process. That's their attachment. You know, I think some moms too have a lot of guilt about the ways that they raise their kids or not being there enough or not doing enough. And so as adults, they try to not hold them accountable because they feel guilt about things. And so they just want to keep the relationship. And there's a way to keep the relationship, but also hold accountable. But again, I'm only responsible for myself and my kids. So, you know, that's all I'm focused on. But I really do try to focus on my kids and hold them accountable and not enable them, even though it's hard sometimes. Like, this is your kid that you gave birth to. You love them more than anything in this world. So, yeah, you don't want to yell at them and tell them, like, you made a mistake. You messed up. That was bad. That was horrible. But you have to. You have to. You have to uphold the punishment. You can't say two weeks and then after a week, give them their phone back. Because then they're learning that, oh, punishments don't stick. Like, she's just upset. You know, she just said that when she was mad and they don't take you serious. And so, you know, I have to stick to my gun. Even if I'm going to my room, like, oh, my God, was that too harsh? I don't let the kids see that. You know what I mean? I stick to it. No, I say what I say it. And then I go in my room like, oh, I just want to watch a movie. <laughs> so I'm still working on it. You know, I tell people being a parent is the hardest job ever. Like there's no manual. Nobody tells you how to do this. You know, the the books about parenting tell you how to feed them and and clothe them and bathe them and, you know, to teach them good touch and bad touch and all that. But like their emotions and them being bullied at school or being a bully, you know, teachers saying harmful things to them or them going through a divorce or them, you know, seeing you date. I mean, it's so many layers to it because you're a parent. But like, you're also just a human being. And so I have to remind my kids of that when they say stuff like, well, you didn't do this. I'm like, I'm one person. You know, like I can't do everything. This is why you have two parents. That's why it takes two people to make you. You know, I feel like my kids, they hold me accountable for everything. But then their dads kind of get off easy. You know, like if I don't show up to something or I have them late, I hear about it. And I'm like, well, like, was your dad there? Or like, you know, has your dad ever had you late? And they're like, yeah, but like, that's just what he does. Well, come on now, that ain't fair. <laughs> you know, how come he gets grace and I don't? 
you know, and it may be the way, you know, it may be opposite for some people, you know, some dads may feel like, oh, my son, you know, or my daughter is hard on me, but then they let their mama slide. You know, it could go either way. I'm just speaking from my experience, but I have to tell my kids like, yes, I'm your mom, but like, I'm not a superhero. Like I am a human just like you. You know what I mean? Like I just had sex and had a baby. You know, don't give me too much credit and power because I'm learning this thing just like you are. Like I'm literally winging life here. You know, I wake up every day and just try to do my best and it's not always going to be perfect. You know, sometimes you're going to be late. You know, I mess up. That's okay. And give me grace just like I give you grace and love me through that just like I love you through your things. And so it's about, you know, having a relationship with this person, you know, and we say, oh, like they're just kids. They're just kids, but they know, you know, kids are very smart. Kids are very intuitive. I talk to my kids about their intuition all the time. And I'm realizing my kids are very intuitive. They know when some shit ain't right. They know when you're fake, faulty. They know when you're just buying their love. They know when you're just, you know, around for certain stuff and not engaged in other things. I mean, they, they're smart. You know, they are more spiritual than we are because they've came from the spiritual world more recently. And so, you know, we're in our 30s, 40s or however old you are. So that's how long we've been detached from spirit. You know, we have to find our way back. We have to pray and meditate and do our spiritual work. We're kids, they, they, they're fresh out the gates, you know, like my three-year-old, he's still very spiritual. Like he'll tell me that he sees stuff. I'll be like, now what? But I forget that like, he's still there. You know, he hasn't fully transitioned into the physical realm yet. He's still teetering between the two. Like, he realizes that, like, I'm mommy. He knows who he is. He knows he's Akeem and he's three. He knows his birthday, you know, but he'll look at the moon and be like, mommy, did you see that? And I'm like, no, like, help me out. Like, my daughter, she is eight. And, I, you know, they say that it takes seven years for you to, like, fully transition over here. So once you're seven, you start to, like, become humanized and you know, get away from spirit. But my daughter is very in tune, you know, with the moon and the stars. And, you know, she's like, oh, like your crystals. And she knows about like manifesting and like, you have to say positive things if you want positive things. And I'm like, who told you that? But she, my kids just know they are so gifted and so intuitive, you know, it's it's crazy. And so we have to give them more credit. You know, we act like, oh, they're just young. They're naive. They don't know. No, they do. We think they don't. But they do. That's why you have to talk to them. They know more than we think. You know, my kids pick up on stuff and I'll be like thinking like, oh, I'm not going to mention it because they don't know. Oh, they know. They be like, why you don't talk to that dude no more? We, you don't be on FaceTime with him no more. I'm like, damn, y'all noticed? But they do. They're not stupid. You know, and I'll ask my son. He'll be like, oh, I knew. I just didn't say nothing. And I'm like, well, why you ain't say nothing? Well, I just didn't want to bring it up. But like, I noticed, you know, so... I'm like, well, I might as well be open with them because they ain't stupid by far. They know they're not naive. You know, they see stuff. They're intuitive. They know when stuff isn't right. You know, my son told me he knew when I wasn't happy anymore, you know, in my marriage. He knew when it was over. He knew when we weren't talking, you know, and my kids would know too. They would know when we weren't talking because they would try to get us to talk. <laughs> like my daughter would be like, mommy, say something to daddy. Like what? Say what? But it's because she knew she could tell that we weren't talking. And I mean, we never argued in front of our kids. We never had arguments, disagreements. But kids know they can feel it. They can feel the tension. Like if we all at the table eating and it's quiet, you know, my daughter be like, mom, 
Do you love dad? I'd be like, no, you trying to be funny. <laughs> but they just know. And so th- you have to be open and honest with them because they're not stupid at all. You know those kids that are coming to you like, my mama don't stay with my daddy no more. Telling all the business. Ain't nobody told them that. They just know. Um. So, yeah, you might as well just be open with them because they're sponges. They know. They're very sensitive. They're very intuitive. They're very open. They haven't learned to have the filter. They haven't learned to tone stuff out. They are open to everything. All their senses are open. And so they, they're very wise, you know, and some my kids, I feel like they've all been here before. And so you just have to know that they are more in tune spiritually than we are. You know, we can learn a lot from them. So learning yourself by getting to know them, that's powerful. I know for me, I had my first at 19 and so. Man, we've been through a journey for sure. Um, Just him going to college with me, having to stay on campus, having to move into the apartments on campus, you know, catching the shuttle to my car to get him to daycare, you know, going to class, having to pick him up from daycare, days that he was sick, having to stay home from class, having to rely on friends on campus to like watch him for me and you know, having him at the library with me, hoping he'll be quiet so that I don't get kicked out, you know, moving down here, getting established, my first apartment that wasn't subsidized housing. You know, I told him like, we lived in an apartment, our rent was $50, which of course he doesn't remember. He's like, for real? When we lived in Dayton, I'm like, yes, you know, making $8 and not knowing sometimes like how I was going to put gas in my car, like waiting for my check to be in my account. And relying on those food stamps and, you know, sometimes selling them to get some money. I hope I don't go to jail for saying that. It was a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, doing what you have to do to get by. Um, I did work study for a minute to pick up extra money. I worked at the mall. I worked at Old Navy. And so just going through that whole journey of like being a single mom at 19, trying to figure life out while being a parent, that's hard. You know, I remember some days like just him being on the floor playing with his toys all day because I had to study and I had to like cook. And so maybe we were just surviving. Like I did enough just to cook, get him in the bath and get him in the bed. And so not really spending a lot of time with him, you know, because I didn't have the time. I was trying to finish school because I I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, if I finish school, I'll make more money and then I'll have a job where, you know, I'm not working all these hours where I'm able to be attentive to him and his needs. And so then, you know, him seeing me get married and seeing me get divorced and seeing me date, like he's seen me through all the phases. And so sometimes I wonder, like, is he going to be in counseling when he's older because of all the mistakes that I've made and all the crap that I've done that I, you know, when I thought I was doing my best, but maybe it, it screwed him up somehow, you know, and I'm very transparent with him about that. Like, you know, I have made a lot of mistakes. You had to see me start over. You've had to see me do things from the ground up and you've seen me cry sometimes and and have to tell you no because I didn't have enough money and you know so just being transparent with him but like also being like damn I hope I ain't screw my baby up you know because he's the oldest he's the one that's been through the most you know my youngest three you know I was with their dad they've seen me 
you know, be with him, but also them witnessing the divorce and seeing me sad and crying and seeing me in my room and, you know, seeing me get dressed to go out on a date and seeing me now not dating anybody, not talking to anybody and just, you know, going out by myself and doing things alone. And so sometimes I wonder, like, what are they thinking? Do they think I'm crazy? Because I'd be all over the place, you know, and just, you know, dealing with that. Like, am I doing this thing right? You know, am I telling them too much? Am I exposing them to too much? But I remember being a kid and wanting to know what the hell is going on. Somebody talk to me, tell me. I know I'm a kid, but like, I, I want to know what is going on. Why are you sad? You know, what happened to that guy or, you know, my dad? Like, where's where's that lady at? I liked her, you know, or when he got married, it was kind of like, hey, I'm getting married. And I'm like, wait, what? what? What To who? Wait, oh, okay, her? Okay, well, when were you going to tell me, you know? So I try to let my kids know everything because I don't want them to guess about anything. But again, wondering if that's the right thing to do, you know? And that's the thing with parenting. We don't know if we're doing it right. You know, I have people who come to me for for therapy and they're like, my mom did this and my mom did that. And I'm like, yeah, but your mom is human. Your mom had her own trauma. Your mom was hurt. Your grandma was mean to your mama. And that's why your mama was mean to you, you know? And they're like, well, she should have known. She's a mom. You know, she should have been there. Why would she work that third shift when, when, when she had kids? Like, you don't work third shift. That's just not what you do. And I'm like, well, maybe... She needed to work their shift because that was where she was going to make the most money. Because if she worked first or second shift, she wouldn't be able to afford rent and you guys be homeless. And not to make excuses, but sometimes as parents, we're doing what we think is best. You know, but I have people who come to therapy who like my mom worked. She was never home. You know, I learned how to cook at this age and I was catching the bus here and I had to do this. And, you know, me being like, damn. You know, that's messed up because maybe that wasn't my experience. But then me being an adult, like, I feel like I was, I worked a lot at some point. You know, there was a time that I worked full time, got off work and went to school. I didn't see my kids till seven or eight o'clock. But while I was doing it, my thought was, this is temporary. This is just for right now. Because once I graduate, I can be home. I can pick them up from school. And so I don't know if those three years of me being in grad school were detrimental I guess I'll find out when they're adults, you know, but right now I work, but I take my kids to school every day. I pick my kids up from school every day. So I feel like it was worth it to do that at the time because now I'm able to have jobs where I work when I want to. I'm able to go on field trips. I'm able to be at extracurricular activities because I've done what I needed to do when they were younger. So now I can make every event. Because my work schedule is set up that way. But not everybody has that. You know, some parents have jobs where they they have to work that shift. They have to work those hours. And so just wanting grace and any parent out there that this is their experience, just give yourself grace. You know, you're doing the best that you can. And I don't care how good of a parent you are. There's going to be something your kid complains about. You know, I've had people who come to me who had everything, who parents were rich and they still said, well, my, my parent messed me up because they did this. And so just knowing that no matter what you do, it will, it will never, I'm not going to say it'll never be enough, but there is still going to be some type of trauma that your child has, 
you know, and so just making sure that you're open and communicate with them and ask how they're feeling and talk through those feelings. Because I have to show my kids that I'm human. You know, when I mess up, I have to go back and say, I'm sorry. I, I ignored you yesterday. I I was irritable. I didn't want to hear what you had to say. Like, and so I'm here today if you want to talk about that. But yesterday, I just was not in a space to do it. I was dealing with my own stuff. I felt small. I felt unworthy yesterday. I felt not good enough. And so I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. That was me projecting. And it's hard to go to somebody younger than you or, you know, your kid. you like, you my kid. I had you. But to humble yourself and be like, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. You know, but I have to do it because I expect for people to do that to me. Co-parenting. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I wrote next to it, not everyone parents like you. And I think that is what I've had to realize too in, in therapy. I always think that my way is the best way. I always think that I'm doing the best for the kids. And so if you're not doing the things the way that I'm doing them or saying the way that I say them, that you're not doing right. And so again, I've had to learn to humble myself and get out of my ego because we both made these kids. And so we're both responsible. And so it's not their job to be the mom. It's their job to be the dad. And that is going to look different because I'm looking at it from a mom's perspective. All I know is how to be a mom. So I don't know what it's like to be a dad. And I can't say that doing it this way is the right way to be a dad. I don't know because I'm not a dad and I'll never be a dad. And so I've had to learn to just relax. I told you guys I'm very anxious. And so it's like, oh, no, he, he did this. Like, oh, God, that was wrong. Or like, oh, the kids aren't matching or oh my gosh, they have on the wrong pants. Like they have on each other's pants and being like, are they going to die? Like it is okay, Brandy. You know, it's okay if they don't dress them the way that you do. Or if your daughter ha- daughter's hair is not combed up and the edges aren't gelled down. Like he ain't got no gel at his house. Like, you know what I mean? And so being like, okay, like her hair looks a mess, but I'm not going to say anything. Like I'll just fix it when she gets home. You know, I'm learning how to just sit still and be quiet. You know, I don't have all the answers and it's not fair for me to think that like I run the show. And I think for some time I felt like, well, they my babies. Like I have them all the time. I have them most of the time and I've done this by myself for this long. And so it's my way or the highway. But like these are kids, you know, they're not property. And so giving the dads time to do them, whether that's make a mistake or get it right but me stepping out of it and being like, I'm not getting in the way, you know? And when my kids come to me and say like, well, you do it this way. And like, we like it your way. And like, when we go to dad's, this doesn't happen. My answer is tell your dad, tell your dad, you know, you can't come to me and say that you don't like what's going on at dad's house. That's not my house. I can't control what happens over there. And I mean, it's hard because I be wanting to text the dad like, Hey, so-and-so said this, but at the end of the day, they have just as much responsibility they have just as much responsibility to the child as I do. And so it's their job to make sure they have open communication with their kids and that they ask what's wrong and that they tend to their needs when they have them. I can only run my household and I can only control how things are when I have them. If their health or safety is not at risk, you know, I can't worry about what they're eating over there. You know what I mean? If they're eating fast food every day or, you know, they're eating noodles or whatever, like they eating, you know, I can't keep doing that because that doesn't give me time to 
rest and recuperate and recharge, you know, because I do. I'm I'm the primary parent for all my kids. I have two. I have children with two different guys. And so, you know, when my kids go away for the weekend, that's time for me to recoup and re- recharge. I can't be, you know, calling over there dictating what's going on. You know, and my kids, you know, I'll see y'all when y'all get back. Like, y'all ain't gonna die eating noodles all weekend or whatever it is. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but, you know, kids are used to certain things. You know, when you're raised with your primary parent, you're used to things being that way. And so when you go somewhere else for the weekend, it is different. I remember being like that, going to my dad's for the summer. You know, I'm like, wait, mama be having shit together. Now, daddy, my my stuff don't match. I don't know where the stuff at. He ain't got the same soap. His toothpaste is different. I remember all those things. But it was like, it's just for the summer. Is it going to kill you to use a different toothpaste for the summer? You know what I mean? Is it going to kill you to use a different soap? Um, And I also was scared to ask my dad. I remember being scared to say it. You know, and I would call my mama too, like, mama, can you come get me? You know, and... I should have just went to dad like, hey, dad. But, you know, I was scared because I wasn't with him the most. I was with my mom the most. And so I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want to mess up our little time together in the summer. And so I feel like kids battle with that, you know, like, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Or, you know, my son will say, like, I don't want to offend anybody. Baby, look, y'all offend me all day, every day. Y'all tell me my food is horrible when I make certain stuff. Oh, it, it didn't taste that good. Or, ooh, stop twerking. Or, ooh, mom, look at your stomach today. Like, y'all offend me to no end. But with their dads, it's like, well, I don't want them mad. I don't want them upset. And, you know, it's okay. I'll be like, nah, tell him. Hey, y'all tell me. But again, me realizing that I've made that a safe space. I've made it safe for them to tell me certain stuff. And so now I've opened that door. And now they tell me everything. And I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have opened that door because y'all be tearing my ass up. <laughs> But at least they're open and honest. And so giving them the chance to create that type of space with their dads. And that's what I have to tell them. Talk to them. Tell them. They're dads. Again, they're not superheroes. They are men who had sex and had a baby. That is it. That's what makes you a parent. You had sex and somebody got pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. That's all. That's all it takes to be a parent. You know, we're we're not special people. It don't take much. Now... You know, my kid, none of my kids were playing. I didn't lay down and ask for any of them. I laid down and had sex and wanted pleasure. And, you know, that's what comes with it. And so, yes, I love you guys. I'm so happy that you guys are here and, you know, all of that. But that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Because I had you does not mean I'm perfect. Because I had you does not mean I know all the answers. It doesn't. My kids are like, oh, you had sex four times? Like, baby, yeah way more than that but as far as they know yeah I had sex four times I had four babies but that doesn't mean that I have all the answers I'm still learning a lot about myself you know I didn't know a lot of things when I had you guys I was just having fun you know I didn't know to think about you guys as emotions or communication styles or attachment styles you know I didn't know to think about you guys as mental health I didn't know to have you guys doing affirmations every morning I really just started that Because I started doing them for myself and I realized how speaking positively to myself has affected my life in in amazing ways. So now that I know that, now I have you guys do it, but you guys weren't always doing affirmations. So again, I'm telling them as I learn new things, I teach them to you. But there may be something that right now at 32 that I don't know that at 40 I realize. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, now I got to implement this as a parent. 
So, you know, give yourselves grace, parents. We don't always have it together, you know, and I'm sure there's things that my kids complain about, about with me to their dads, you know, and that's cool. That's cool. That's why it takes two, because there are things that dads do right that I do wrong. And there are things that I do wrong that dads do right. And that is just how it is. That's why you have two. Use them. And that's what I tell my kids. Use them. Ask your dad. You know, they'll come to me and ask me for something. Ask your daddy. Do y'all ever ask him for, for this stuff? You know? So don't don't be cutting him slack. Nah. Hold him accountable like y'all hold me accountable, you know? And so even having the conversations with their dads, you know, like, man, they a trip, ain't they? You know, because, and I try to be more open with them. Like, I don't have it all together either. And I know that I've had my controlling ways or, you know, complain like, well, you didn't do this right. And then, but again, as I'm learning and growing, I'm trying to give them more grace. Now, could they both step it up? Absolutely. But that ain't, that ain't for me to do. That ain't for me to direct. They'll have to come into that on their own as they go on their journeys, as they grow and develop. Hopefully they go back and do things better, you know, but each day we're just trying to, well, for me, each day, I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday. doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. I'm just giving the best that I have for today. And so learning how to give more grace when co-parenting, you know, I used to be like, "Mm, they get to do whatever they want. They just wake up and go and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I envy that sometimes. I do. You know, I envy that, you know, but realizing that, okay, well, I'm the mom and I can only worry about me. I can't say how many times they can do this and do that, even though I don't get to. That's not up to me. That's something they'll have to answer to, to their children one day, you know, and I'll have to answer to certain things too. But all I can worry about is me. I can't compare, you know, I I always compared myself like, well, the mom is this and the dad is this. Well, in my experience, yes, you know, but it's not my job to critique them or judge them, you know, that's them and their journey. And, you know, all I can do is be the best mom. Um, I know when I like go out of town or when I am going somewhere and leaving my kids, I'm always like, okay, this is the shirt that goes with these pants. And then I'm like, well, why do I got to pack clothes? They going with their daddy. Because I know how they going to look if I don't pack clothes. You know what I mean? So that's a constant battle of like, like, no, I shouldn't have to pack clothes. They're going with their daddy and then being like, but it's for the kid. You know, you're not doing this for the dad. You're doing this so your kids can look presentable. Um, And so, yeah, that takes a lot of humbling. Because at first I think I felt like I wanted to punish them. Like, no, you go back clothes. You go back shoes. You go keep stuff for your house. But again, you got to know who you have kids with. And... If I know it ain't going to get done, then I'm just going to do it. Because, again, it's for my kids. And so I may have to pack some clothes. You know, I just I have to get over it. I'm going to pack clothes for my kids because I want them to look a certain way, even when they're not with me. And even sending out instructions like, okay, she has to be here at five. If you can't do it, then call my aunt. He has to be here at this time. Remember on this day, this is, you know, and I was driving myself crazy with trying to control everything. And I said, you know what? I ain't saying nothing. If they get there, they get there. If they don't, they'll have to answer to that. You know, if if my daughter misses out on something, she gonna have to be mad at her dad. I can't keep being out of town texting dads about who needs to be where and who needs to wear what. Let them figure it out. You know, my kids are now all old enough. They can say like, this don't match or this is not, I'm supposed to be here at five. You know, so, but co-parenting can definitely be difficult 
Um, it's definitely difficult when you're still like in your feelings about that person. It's much easier once you have taken your feelings out of it because you can really see that it's really just about the kid. And it's so much easier when your kids can see you like getting along, sitting together at the games, you know, and it's not like, oh, they're sitting on the other side. Like I, to me, I, that was always just crazy to me. Like, I don't care if we beefing or not. I'm sitting next to your ass and the bleachers. Like people ain't got to know what we going through. You know, I've never wanted people to know like that I had baby daddy drama or that like I was in two of my ex-husband. Like, nah, that ain't nobody's business. We going to argue in peace. And in public, we're going to be presentable. You know, I didn't want the stereotypical like, oh, well, dad is sitting on that side and mom is on that side. Like, because when the game is over or when the sporting event is over, what side do they do they go to first? You know, I don't want to put my kids through that. Let's all sit together and we don't got to say nothing to each other, which that never happens because I'm going to speak. I'm not ignorant. But when the game is over or the parade is over, I want my kids to look up in the crowd and they're looking one way and waving at one group of people. I've always wanted that. I remember being a kid and I could tell that my mom and dad didn't like each other. And my mom never spoke bad on my dad. My dad never spoke bad on my mom. Neither one of them did. But again, I tell you, kids are not stupid. I knew that they didn't like each other. I'm like, oh, they can't stand each other. And again, they never argued in front of me. I never saw them get, I just knew it was just this inner knowing like they, they are not fond of each other. And I feel icky because I got to go to one side and hug those people and go to the other side and hug those people. And I just didn't want that for my kids. You know, I want to sit together like we family, you know, and what I do love is that my two child's, uh, my two kids, dads, what is it? My, I don't want to say baby daddies, my ex-husband and my oldest dad. There we go. They help each other, you know, like they probably both like, we can't stand Brandy's ass, but at the end of the day, we all come together, you know, like my ex-husband will get the brother of my oldest son, you know, his dad's son, he will get him. He will get the girlfriend's kid. Like we, we, we have all about these kids at the end of the day. You know, my son will go over Delon's dad's house and play. And that's how it should be. You know, that makes me happy because just because the relationship did not work out, it does not mean that these kids have to suffer. You know, I want them to all be like, we are brothers and sisters. Like we got different dads and moms and stuff, but we are brothers and sisters. We don't want them dating each other when they get older. You know, that's how people end up with their cousins and stuff because the mama kept them over here because she was in her feelings and I don't want my babies around them. No. If a baby asks to go with me, they going because that's just me. You want to go with me? Okay, come on. You know, I just can't say no. Um, but I just love that. At the end of the day, it's about the kids. And so I just hope that anybody who's in a bad co-parenting situation can learn to put your pride to the side and humble yourself for the sake of the children. You know, now if it's toxic and you know, all that, then no, you know, protect your child, protect yourself, protect your mental. If the person is just, um, you know, unreasonable or you just, you know, it makes you anxious or annoyed to be in their presence and they give you anxiety attacks. So absolutely don't subject yourself to that. Cause that's not good for your kids to see. But if you can ever, you know, put your pride to the side for the sake of the children. Please do. Please do. Also, I want to say that comparison is the thief of joy. It will literally steal your joy when you try to compare yourself. I know this day and age we are on social media and, you know, we're like, oh, my mommy game strong and I do this mommy shit and... I'm a good mom because my child fresh to death. Like, 
okay. And I know for me, sometimes I'm like, dang, like my kids, like they don't be looking a mess, but like, I'm not about the drip. I don't go out in search of the drip or the latest. It's just like, if it looks nice to me, I'll buy it and they're going to wear it. Um, I'm going to look for bargains. I'm not going to spend too much money on stuff they're going to grow out of. Like, that's just never been my thing, you know, because I want my kids to feel like they're enough in whatever they're in. And I mean, I don't dress like that either. Now, of course, if I was dressed in the latest and stuff, then yeah, my kids are going to look fly like me. But I'm not that way. And so sometimes I wonder, like, am I, am I scoring my kids up because of that? Like, are they going to school? And my kids don't get picked on because, like I said, they look presentable. But they're not going to go to school like, yeah, check out the latest. Like, my kids are not even into that stuff. And I, it's probably just because of me. But, you know, they're like, I look nice. You know, my kids will say, like, do I look nice today? I look handsome. I'll be like, yeah, you look cute. You know, in your Target. Okay? <laughs> in your Old Navy. You know, and not to say they don't wear brands sometimes. Like, if I catch Nike on sale and, you know, there's an outfit that looks nice and it's it just happens to be name brand, then cool. But I'm more so buying it because it looks nice and not because of the label on it. Um, because that's something that you have to keep up, you know, when you start that, then you have to keep up with that. And I know that's not something I want to keep up with because I want to go on trips, <laughs> you know what I mean? So can like, we wear Target and Old Navy all year and like maybe shop at Gabe's or Marshall's, but we could take a trip, a couple trips a year. Like we took two trips this year, but I wasn't buying drip all year either. You know what I mean? Like I buy stuff when the seasons change. I take hand-me-downs. And, you know, I do what works for us. I also have multiple children. So as one grows out of it, there's usually somebody else that can wear it, except for my daughter, because she's the only girl. But, you know, I used to compare myself like, damn, like my kids ain't in that and my kids don't have that. But my kids are smart. They know who they are, you know. And when I talk to them, I'm like, oh, they're not even phased by it. Like, they be like, I'm handsome. Like, my son, you can't tell him he ain't the shit. You know, he think he be dripping and whatever he got on. And so I'm like, that's the type of confidence I want you to have. Because me, like, I'll go to Plato's Closet in a minute. You know, my friend has a consignment shop. And so all her stuff is thrifted. And I buy her stuff in a heartbeat. And I be like, oh, I look cute. Like, don't nobody know where this came from? You know, or if I'm in my Target sweater with my leggings and my boots, you can't tell me nothing, okay? Because it's about you. It's about the confidence, okay? The brand don't make me. You know, I make whatever I wear, okay? So I want my kids to, you know, have that same confidence and know that, you know, you are enough no matter what, no matter what you have on, no matter how your hair is. You know, I talked to my daughter about that. You know, even if your fro poofy today, okay, and you steal the shit, boo, we're going to lay them edges down and have your poof. You know, and she'll come home from school like, everybody liked my hair. I'm like, see, we be more critical on ourselves. And it's the same with parenting. Like, we be so hard on ourselves. And people be like, Brandy, you are such a good mom. I be like, Emma, because I'm drowning over here, okay? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I still don't. It's still a, a everyday lesson. I learn something new every day. You know, I'm starting to be more in tune with my kids. Like, oh, you need a hug. You know, my baby may be looking down at the ground when I'm talking to him. And I'm like, uh-uh, chin up. What's that about? Come give me a hug. Come give me some lovings. You know, I'm very affectionate with them. I also realized that I'm not as affectionate with my daughter as I am with my sons. And that kind of was like, it kind of like snapped one day. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. We, we coddle. Oh, and that's the saying. Remember at the beginning, I messed the saying up. It was like, we coddle our boys and we raise our daughters. 
Yeah, I'm still messing it up, but whatever. Y'all get what I'm saying. Sometimes we're more easy on our boys. And so recently here, I realized that like I kiss on them, like I kiss their foreheads, their cheeks, and I squeeze them a lot. But then my daughter, me and her were more like transactional. And not that I love her any less, but I think because the daughter like brings the babies home and, you know, she's going to be a mom, you know, I'm already thinking of that. And it's like, no, she's a kid. She's eight. Love on her too. And so recently I've started to be like, come give me a hug, sissy. Like, come give me a kiss. And she'd be looking like, girl, I want to hug and kiss you. She'd be like, and then she used to make me mad because she'd be like, my kisses are only for my daddy. So then I used to be like, all right, then go but I'm realizing like, no, I don't want, cause I have people that come to therapy that are like, my mom never hugged and kissed me, but she would kiss my brothers. So I think doing therapy has taught me a lot too. And so now I'm like, give me a kiss. Come kiss me, little girl, you know, give me a hug and having that one-on-one time with her. And I'm realizing that she doesn't need that much affection like my boys, but I'm still going to give it because I never want her to think that I'm going easier on, on them or that I'm more lax with them. Again, I got to be accountable. You know, I'm not a perfect parent. And so I've even had to tell her that, like, you know, do you want me to hug and kiss you more? And she'd be like, ill, gross. Like, no, you know, but I, I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, and I've told her before, like, I want us to have a good relationship. Do you do you think we have a good relationship? And she'd be like, yeah. And I remember one day asking her, like, Aubrey, do you think I'm a good mom? She said, yeah. And I was like, would you tell me if there's something that I needed to improve? She was like, yeah, I always do. I always tell you what you need to improve. And I'm like, okay, I'm just checking in, sissy. I said, because even though I'm a mom, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I'm I'm doing good, you know? And she said, mom, nobody's perfect. And y'all, that just, it just, oh, my kids, my babies. I said I wasn't going to cry. But, you know, it's hard being a parent. And, you know, you do, these are little humans that are going to grow up to be you know, parents and somebody's boyfriend and girlfriend and somebody's student, somebody's colleague. And, you know, I just, I know that I won't always get it right. And then I'm going to mess up and then I'm still learning, but you know, you just want the best for these little humans. They didn't ask to be here. And I'm like, I don't want them here. And then I'm screwing them up, you know, but I have to give myself grace. Like I'm doing the best that I can. I'm learning. I'm going to therapy. I'm asking these questions. I'm talking to other moms and dads and asking, what I could be doing. I asked my kids what I could be doing, you know, but my daughter, you know, she's really taught me a lot about myself. She's so courageous and brave, you know, things that I worry about, she doesn't, you know, and I remember being insecure and not having much confidence. And, you know, I look at her and she don't care. She really don't. She'll be not matching hair all over the place. And she'd be in the mirror twirling her hair between her fingers. And I'd be like, girl, your hair is a mess. I'd be like, you want me to comb it? She'd be like, um, I think it's fine this way, you know, like, it's fine. And I'd be like, oh, I wish that I could be that brave and courageous, you know. And, you know, she's in dance this year. And, you know, sometimes she don't have the moves right. And in the parade, she had to hold the banner. And I remember when she had to hold that banner, y'all, I was crying. I really was crying. I'm just like, oh, my God, like, is she not as good? You know, is she not doing the dance right? It's like, is this going to kill her self-esteem? Like, maybe I should take her off the team, you know? And I remember asking, I said, Aubrey, you know, do you like dance? She's like, yeah, I love it. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do you feel about holding the banner and not being able to do the dance moves? This little girl said, well, I hold the banner because I have the strongest arms, probably. That's probably why they want me to hold the banner. Y'all, I was done. 
like, you're right, girl. It's because you got the strongest arms. Like, toe up. Because I was not that brave at that age. I was a quitter. If I wasn't in the lead, in the front, if I wasn't running the show, if I wasn't getting the accolades, I didn't want to do it. I'm out. I quit. Forget them. I'm going to find another team. But this girl was like, no, I'm so excited about the parade. You know, she still woke up on time and let me do her makeup. And she held that banner proud. And I'm just like, that little girl, that little, I love her. I love her ability to be courageous and brave and make a situation not a big deal. Because I remember just being a dramatic little girl who everything had to be my way. And when it wasn't, I quit. Like I said, I quit. And her being like, no, it's fine. And still showing up. And like, that's a team player. I'm still going to show up even if I'm not the star. And again, I was the only child. I was spoiled. Everything was about me. I was used to being good at everything. And if I wasn't good at it, I didn't do it. But again, that was because I was insecure. And so I needed my value and worth to come from my ability to excel and do great things. Not realizing that I'm worthy even if I do suck. I'm worthy even if I'm not the best. I'm worthy even if I am in the back or holding the banner. But she knows that at eight. Her worth is not determined by whether she's the captain or whether she's doing the moves right. Or, you know, even when she do the moves wrong, I'd be like, sissy, all right, now let's go over this again. She does it with ease. She'd be like, okay. She just takes the criticism. Whereas me, I I would probably be like, well, forget it. Like, dance just ain't my thing. And so our kids, man... They, you know, they just teach you so much about yourself. You know, my son is very um, brave. You know, he's his own person. You know, Delon is very smart. He's intuitive. He's wise. He don't care much about anything. You know, he just blah. And I'd be like, okay, but that's me. I cared about everything because I wanted to be like, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be the center of attention and I needed people to like me and I needed people to laugh at my jokes. Like Delon be so chill. You know, he just a cool cat. And the thing is he has friends, you know, he is popular and people do cling to him, but it's not because he doing the most. It's because he be chilling in the cut. You know, like I'll be like, how do you meet friends? He'd be like, people just say stuff to me. You know, like he just a cool cat. I'd be like, man, I wish I had that swag back then. You know, me, I was like, hi, I'm Brandy. Nice to meet you. You know, because I wanted friends. And so my kids are just teaching me, like, you the shit. You know, because if these are my kids and this is how great they are, they came from me. And so even though I may not have been that way, I have made them feel safe and secure enough to feel the way that they do. To to know that they're good enough. To know that they're handsome in whatever they wear. You know, to know that even when they make a mistake, they could come lay in my lap and cry and I'm still going to love them. Like, I did that. I created that. And so I stopped comparing myself to other parents because I've realized I'm the best mom for my children. I may not be the best mom for another kid. That's why they're not my kid. But I am the best mom for my children. You know, my baby is so smart. He don't care about anything. You know, he's not ashamed. He does his own thing. You know, he don't, if we laugh at him and stuff, he don't care. He's Iron Man and you can't tell me he ain't. He put that damn costume on every day. And we'd be like, Akeem. He'd be like, what? I'm Iron Man. Like, you can't tell him that. He'd be like, I'm a superhero. Like, look at you, you peasant. You know what I mean? Like, we were looking at pictures of my kids the other day when they were little. And so the baby was like, where am I? Show me me. And I said, well, baby, you weren't here yet. You know, you weren't born. He's like, oh. I said, it's okay. You just weren't thought of yet. 
He was like, yeah, because I was on the farm with the animals. Like, what? Were you? So I'm like, maybe he was a farmer in the past life, you know? We don't know. But, like, my kids are just so bold. they just like, oh, that's okay. You know, and King, now, if you follow me on social media, you know King don't give a damn. He don't give a F. He gonna say whatever. You know, but I admire the fact that he can do that. Because I tiptoe around stuff. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I do people please. I want to be liked. I'm working on that. I'm working on setting boundaries. But like King just does it with ease. He don't give a damn. This food is horrible. That looks horrible. I hate that coat. I get him on an outfit. He be like, oh, I don't like this. This doesn't look cute. I don't look handsome. Like he don't care. And I'd be like, man. Now there's a balance. Because I'd be having to tell him like, you cannot tell teachers that you're not, that you're done with your work and you'll finish it when you get home. But the fact that, like, he's okay saying that. He don't think nothing of it. And when I be like, King, he be like, what? Like, he be dead ass serious. Like, what? What's wrong with that? Like, that's how I felt. And it's like, man, I wish I was bold enough to speak my truth at that age. I just said whatever people, I thought people wanted to hear. I said whatever I thought was going to have me accepted. And so just looking at my kids and being like, man, you little magical creatures, like, y'all are helping me be bold. Y'all are helping me to go out and go after what I deserve. Y'all helping me know my worth. And so I appreciate that, you know. And so I just really want to end with that. You know, do not compare yourself to other parents. Your journey is yours. If you feel like you could be doing better, then yeah, work on that. But don't feel like you could be doing better because of what somebody else is doing. Do it for yourself. Do it because this is a human that you created and you want them to be their best self. And you don't want them to grow up sitting on somebody's couch crying about how you did this when you should have did that. And even if they do, even if they do, you know that you did the best that you could. So do not compare. Do not look at these social media parents who just upload pictures. I can upload a picture and make you think anything. So just because somebody always uploads pictures, you know, people be like, he's a good dad. As evidenced by what? That picture he posted on Instagram? Oh, so he a good dad because he did that. Y'all ain't seen this man feed, give money, come to events. Like, but he a good dad because he always take pictures of his kids. Like, y'all, our radar has to be better. Like, our gauge of good parenting has to be better. And I hate the word good and bad because I just feel like with parenting, you know, we don't know. Who's to say what's good? Who's to say that this whole podcast is right and that I'm doing it right? Like, I could be screwing them up telling them too much, exposing them to too much, making them worry. I don't know. But again, I'm just doing the best that I can. I'm just doing the best that I can. And I just want everybody listening to this to give themselves grace. And if you don't have children and you want to, know that these are some of the things. I'm not talking about what to buy, what to have in the diaper bag, you know, what daycares to go to. We have to think way beyond that. This is real life shit. You know what I mean? And so people are like, I want kids. I want kids. Do you? Why? Are you prepared for this journey? Are you prepared for your trauma to come out? Because our kids, you know, bring out stuff in us. Like, oh shit, I remember feeling lonely. You know, I remember my parents not liking each other. I remember kids saying cruel things to me. Like a lot of the insecurities that I have are from things people said when I was a kid. Like, talking about my mustache and my eyebrows. Like, I'm still, like, ugh, about those things. Which now, man, as an adult, don't nobody care. Niggas be like, oh, she got a mustache. Oh, okay. You know? But it was still a thing for me because I was a kid. And so my daughter has a mustache. And so me 
you know, putting my insecurities on her, like, sissy, are you okay? You know, and she like, girl, I'm beautiful. I be like, oh, okay, she cool. You know, me worrying about them having the same worries as me. Like, y'all are hairy. I was hairy. My kids don't give a damn. You can't tell them they ain't fine. They don't care about the hair. So again, our 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 kids will bring out things that like we haven't healed, things that we haven't recovered from. You know, or me thinking that I'm screwing them up and them being okay. You know, I remember thinking like, oh my God, they're going to hate me. They're not going to love me because I left their dad and they're going to say I ruined their family and broke them up. My kids be like, we going to dance this weekend? Okay, it's your weekend? Okay, cool. Like they adjusted so well. And I'm like, man, how many people are staying in relationships because of their kids? And the kids be happy when you leave because they see that you're happy. They see that you're happy. And I remember my son saying it like, I just wanted you happy. And I was just like, oh, God, I could have left sooner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was staying because of the kids. And my kids were like, you're so happy, mom. Like, you're going on a date. Like, do you have a new friend? Oh, my God. You know, me getting dressed. Oh, you look so pretty. Are you going to have fun? Oh, you going by yourself? Oh, cool. You're going to have fun. You know, just kids are so resilient, man. We got to put some respect on their name. You know, and put some respect on your name as a parent, you know, because it's not easy. We're doing the best that we can. And for those that want kids, you know, just knowing that this is what you're up against. Little tiny humans who are smart and intuitive as hell and who are going to call you out. But it's also so rewarding. It is also so rewarding. You know, when I look at them when they're asleep and when they talk and they they speak so intelligent and and they know who they are you know I'm just be like damn you did that girl you did that you know my son was talking yesterday about like knowing how black people are viewed and he was like that's why I got locks mommy like because they hair ain't like ours and you know they discriminate against us because they thought we would be slaves forever I'd be like yes son yes son you know, so just knowing that you are doing enough. As long as you're doing your best with what you know, you're doing the best that you can. That's all that matters. You know, we think like, I remember one time I didn't upload one of my babies on their birthday. Like I didn't make a birthday post. And I'm like, so you a bad mom because you didn't post about their birthday? Like you had a whole party for them. You celebrated them. Who cares if it made it to social media or not? We got to stop thinking that because we didn't post something or say something that we're not good parents. My kid ain't about to see it. My kid couldn't even read. You know, it was like I was on a social media break and I was like, oh, I I'm on a social media break. Like, I ain't going to get to upload their birthday. Who the fuck cares? That doesn't make you a good mom. I see parents do it all the time and I know they, I'm not going to say they're not good parents, but they don't parent the way that I do. But they upload everything on social media. So that's not indicative of a good parent or not, you know. So give yourselves grace. Give yourselves grace. Go to therapy. You know, people think therapy is just about mental illness. No, me and my therapist talk about me parenting and my parenting styles and co-parenting and things that I can do better. Like I said, I had to release control. I had to stop being so controlling. I had to stop thinking that the dads had to do things the way I wanted, you know, or that I had to be the, the preferred parent. Like, that's crazy. It's crazy. Or that I couldn't do stuff because it would make me a bad mom. Oh, I'm going to go out of town during the week. If the flights is cheaper, I'm going. 
you know, stop being like, oh, well, you know, I remember going to Arizona and I was on the plane anxious the whole time. Like what mom goes out of town on a Thursday and doesn't worry about their kids getting to school Friday. They're going to get to school on Friday. And if they don't, oh, well, they could miss a day. They could miss a Friday. But I remember thinking like, you know, my gremlins were coming up. I always call my gremlins those the little ugly voices in your head that you have sometime. And I remember being on the plane. I had dropped them off. Well, their dad came and got them the night before. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get to see them before I get on the plane. So I had to hug them, tell them good night. And then I left the next day. And I remember as I was on the plane, it was taking off. I'm like, it's Thursday. It's the middle of the day. Your kids at school and your ass on a plane to Arizona. You know, you, what are they going to eat for dinner? Is, is your daughter going to get to dance? Is your son going to get to his activities? But I got to live my life. I left them in good hands. They had all they needed. Like I said, if they missed something or didn't go, why is that all? Why is that only on me to get them there? So again, just knowing to give yourself credit. And my kids called like, are you having fun? Did you see mountains? Oh, send us pictures. So again, they went like, you are the worst mom ever to go. Like, they don't even be thinking that. That's me and the pressure that I put on myself. And I had to stop doing that. Because guess what? When I came back, I was recharged. I was refreshed. I was in a good mood. I wasn't irritable. And this is why I tell people, you have to take care of yourself. People say, put your children first. I don't say that. I say put yourself first because once you put yourself first, you become a better parent. When I started going to therapy, I became much more patient. I wasn't yelling and screaming. When they knock over something or spill something, I wasn't like, get out the way. Y'all always doing shit. It'd be like, okay, no big deal. We'll clean it up. We got paper towels. I've learned to become a more patient parent. I used to yell and scream and holler and spank. I don't have to spank my kids no more. Because I do yoga, I do my affirmations, I go to therapy, I take care of me. I go out of town often. It's worth it for me. That's what I have to do. It's not a, oh, that's just luxury and that's just you living a nice lifestyle. No, going out of town for me is my therapy. I have to get out. I have to get out in nature. I have to see new things. I can't do the mundane, the nine to five and coming home every day doing the same thing all over again and just kicking it on the weekends. No. I have to go out of town. I have to get into a new environment. That's where I recharge. And so that's me. So you have to find your thing. Find your thing and continue to do that. Even when you have kids, do what makes you happy. So I'm going to end it there. All the parents out there, you rock. All the people that are about to become parents, you rock already. All the people that want to become parents someday, you're going to kill it because you already got these tools, these little tidbits of mine, you know, and I'm always free to talk about parenting. Like I said, I'm not a guru. I'm learning as I go, but therapy has helped me. Doing therapy has helped me. Messing up has helped me. And so if you're messing up, you're doing good because you're learning. You know, you can wake up tomorrow and decide to do parenting totally different. You know, now I'm trying to implement vegan on my kids. And I'm like, am I killing them? You know, am I killing their spirit by telling them the real about these foods? You know, am I am I taking away their ability to just be kids? You know, am I am I doing too much? So I don't know. So it's a balance, you know. I, I cooked some chicken for them yesterday, but I also made vegan Alfredo. 
So again, just finding balance and realizing that you're just doing the best that you can. So good job. Good luck. Thank you for listening. And until next time, peace out.